was Gucci, everybody. Whale Talks Wrestling, episode 22. Oh, man, but... We had a, I would say this was a pretty not bad week for wrestling. Uh, we had Raw. was okay. SmackDown was better than it was. NXT was fucking fantastic. And I thought AEW had the best show of the week. They, they, they really impressed me with the second episode of AEW. I thought this was fucking fantastic. Just great wrestling all around. But let's start off with uh, Monday Night Raw. So we started off and Randy and uh, Baron Corbin, BC Young Gata, jumping Rusev. Rusev looks on screen. Then you see big money Bobby Lashley. Lashley's got a robe on. He's at his house. And he tells him, he's like, yo, I'm at your house. I got your clothes on. I, I'm in your bed. What's missing, though? Boom. In comes Lana. And it's kind of cool to see Bobby Lashley showing some charisma. And let's just say Lana was looking mighty fierce. God damn me. But I was like, whoa. Some type of edge leadership, but a more controlled version. <laughs> oh, no, it did make me laugh. Our Rusev is just chilling, just looking like, all right. All right. Like, he's just like, okay. I was like, oh, damn. But, yeah, Lana's just like, you know what? I'm sorry, Rusev, but I'm going to have some fun. Lashley goes over. He turns off the light. Baron Corbin and Randy are corpse and soul bad. These guys are laughing their ass off. Rusev looks like he wiped away a tear. And uh, fucking Rusev looks back, and he just sees them two laughing. He just puts his angry face on. He just goes nuts on these guys. Beats the shit out of Randy. Beats the shit out of uh, fucking Corbin. Throws Corbin at the steel steps. Randy's getting the beats. Super kicks all around. And this was cool to see. It's cool to see Rusev actually, like, doing something. I just wish he would have done something to Lashley. Like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the storyline. But if we get to see Rusev go fucking nuts and actually unlock his full potential. Like, I'm okay with it. Oh, even that was cool. He beat the shit out of Randy. Like, Randy got no comeuppance whatsoever, which shocked the crap out of me. Yeah, so he takes out Randy. He super kicked Corbin. And the crowd's actually going nuts for this. They actually, like, are a big fan of this. But I thought this was cool. You know, it was a hot way to start off Raw. Uh, next, we get Natalia versus Lacey Evans in the last woman standing match. I was not looking to this match, forward to this match at all. But it actually ended up being a pretty good damn match. I still think they had the wrong victor, but uh, not not. It was cool to at least get a specialty match on Raw, especially between these two. Uh, I don't think they've none of them ever been in a last woman standing match, so that was cool. So we started off hot with Natalia beating the crap out of Lacey, She's throwing her everywhere, being the crap out of her back body drops, trying to get the ref to count early. And I'm telling you, man, I have really, really made a whole 180 on Lacey Evans. Like, I used to Evans, so I don't know why I put an accent there. But I, I used to, like, think she was okay. But this girl's growing on me, man. I think Lacey's pretty fucking great. Uh, so Natty's still dominating. She locks in the sharpshooter, but there's no tap out. So she just kind of holds the sharpshooter there for, like, 10 years. Lacey's just trying to escape. Natalia just keeps relocking in the sharpshooter, beating the crap out of her. And at first I was just like, all right, Lacey, are you uh, you going to get uh, get some moves in? you going to do something there, Lace? <laughs> but Lacey makes a little comeback. And this is where it starts turning to all Lacey Evans. 
Uh, starts beating the crap out of Natty, but Natty tries to come back a little bit. Hit, tries to hit a baseball slide to the outside, but Lacey takes her. Gives her a swing onto the barricade. That was cool. Uh, ref starts counting it up there. Uh, Lacey gives her a big boo, keeping her down. And this is where Lacey basically goes into full evil bitch mode. She actually did some pretty cool stuff here. Like, um, started beating the crap over. She took out the table. Throwing it to every steel step she can find. Refs keeps counting. But I like how she's acting very, very cocky about it. Which I thought was kind of cool. She throws her into the fucking timekeeper's area so hard. She ends up, like, doing a whole fucking... 360 onto a chair, gets the candlestick, starts beating the crap out of Natty some more. And I like how, how like calm she's being about it. Like she's being very ladylike. Like she's sitting down and she's just like holding the candlestick and she's talking trash. Lacey's really good at talking trash, man. That's what I mean. She plays her character well. She's not even a bad wrestler. Like she's got a great fucking moonsault. I'll, I'll sing that forever. So, uh, she does this cool thing where she takes Natalia, sits her on a chair, and puts the kendo stick to lock her in the chair, and then she flips the chair over. So, Natty's stuck on the chair with the kendo stick. I thought that was kind of cool. And I was like, huh, I totally want to try that out now. <laughs> Again, just beating the crap out of her with the kendo stick some more after that. Natty keeps trying to fight back. But like I said, like this match actually ended up being not a bad match. I thought it was a pretty cool match. Uh, Lacey gets control once again. They start taking her everywhere. Uh, she hits a moonsault from the barricade to the outside. That looks pretty cool. Um, she also ends up throwing tr literally, literally trash at Natty. Basically, she just finds... She <laughs> the commentators described it as she looked around the whole arena to find the nastiest trash. And just threw it at Natty. Like, again, like it's just a little small things that she does with her character that I really like. Uh, superplex on the announce table. She starts fucking chucking Natty onto the skateboard ramp and the skateboard ramp. Uh, Natty finally... So Natty's been basically getting out of everything. Like, we got Super Natty. Then Natty ends up reversing it, gets a power bomb, power bombs Lacey through a table, and Natty wins the last woman standing match. Like I said, I would have rather had Lacey win, but... It was a pretty good damn match. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, Alistair Black is uh, backstage. You know, nobody wants to fight him. So he said, I'm taking matters into my own hand and I'm coming out to fight. Which I'm like, cool. That's what he should be doing. Uh, some nonsense with the Street Profits. Uh, Viking Raiders we get next. Yeah, so it's Viking Raiders versus Ziggler and Rude for the... Basically, if they win, they get a tag team title shot from one out there. But this is a good match. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of over the tag team of Ziggler and Rude because, like, I kind of want them to be their own thing, especially Rude. Rude's got a lot of potential. Rude's got a lot of upside. But Viking Raiders are the way to go, man. If you're going to give the tag team titles to somebody, they are the way to go. You know, usual Viking Raiders stuff. They have all their big moves. I love all these guys' tag team maneuvers. they got some cool-ass tag team-looking moves. Gave this match a lot of time, too, which I was like, that's cool. Because, like I said, I like seeing a lot of Rude. A uh, big fan of Hanson. A uh, big fan of Hanson's hot tag also. Love when he does the whole cartwheel into a fucking uh, clothesline. I think that's sick looking. Uh, Viking Raiders end up picking up the clean win. Rude is about to set up for the glorious DDT. 
He's setting up for it. Glorious DDT. It's a no. Ziggler escapes. Tries to hit a zigzag, but they end up catching him in a modified version of Thor's hammer. See, that was a fun little match. Uh, somehow, we get the reemergence of the fucking Bollywood boys. <laughs> or the Sierra Brothers, whatever the fuck they want to call them. Either way, I'm calling them the Bollywood boys. Uh, and they are the ones that want to challenge Aleister Black. Aleister Black comes out, and apparently this is a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, Aleister ends up taking one of the Bollywood boys out with a big kick. Uh, the other one gets a big kick to the face, gets a big uh, V-trigger to the fucking face. Alistair's beating him up. The other one comes back in, tries to fight back. Alistair Black kicks his head off, a black mask, and he ends up bringing back his fucking Dragon Slayer submission hold that he used to do as Tommy N. It's a really cool modified uh, Dragon Sleeper, I think. He does it kind of like a gentleman's way, but that was cool. I'm glad he brought that move back, because that's a sick-looking move to add to his arsenal, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Ray Mysterio promo basically saying uh, Dominic will be avenged by Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez is also Dominic's fucking um, uh, godfather or something. I don't know. I'm like, all right. Uh, we get the OC coming out. Uh, I love the OC's new theme. I feel like it's cool for them. It has like, they had a lyrics now. Uh, yeah. So, so far, uh, the OC are jobbers, you know. They're fighting the Lucha House Party, which made me happy because I'm just like, hey. Like, seeing AJ in there with, like, fucking Kalisto and Lince Dorado and all that stuff, it, it's just cool. Like, I don't know why. Like, I just like seeing AJ in there with, like, people we, we probably will never get a chance to see him in there really with. You know what I mean? Oh, But fun little match here. Like, I like when they do these fun little matches here. Because, like, who expects the Lutal Party versus fucking the OC? You know what I mean? Really wish they could fucking let Carl Anderson cut loose, man. Like, this guy is so underratedly good, it hurts me how good fucking this dude is. Same thing with fucking, like, Lince Dorado, or even fucking, um, fucking, um, Grand Matalik. Like, Grand Matalik, an amazing wrestler. There was a cool spot here where Kalisto ended up doing a fucking Huracurana onto AJ to the ropes. Like, he just threw him to the ropes. Uh, everything goes into craziness when AJ hit the pay leg. Uh, he takes out Lince. He hits a phenomenal forearm on Kalisto. Clean win. Uh, Lince Dorado ends up being sacrificed with the gods. And he got the avalanche clash from the middle rope. Uh, dominant win for the OC. But then they take it back on SmackDown. But whatever. <laughs> Miz TV. I feel like there's a hundred of these a fucking week. Uh, Miz TV with Becky Lyncher and Charlotte, they're talking about, you know, they still got a little rivalry. I'm glad that they're just like the lovely W, you know, like, hey, uh, we're cool. Like, uh, let's just forget about everything that fucking happened. Uh, they start, they start teasing that they're going to go at it right now. And the Kabuki Warriors come out, which fucking so happy. Fucking Asuka as a heel, Kairi Sane as a heel. I love the new look for Kairi Sane. And they did not talk English, bro. I was like, what the fuck? I thought that was fucking awesome how none of them talked English. Uh, they just cut a whole Japanese promo. I'm really liking Asuka using the mist. And this is a pretty damn good match. I love how Becky also brought up that, hey, Asuka fucking beat me. And I'm like, finally, someone talks about Asuka getting beat. I mean, Asuka beating Becky Lynch cleanly at Royal Rumble. She tapped her out cleanly. 
Uh, but this was a great match. I thought this was awesome to see Oscar back in there with Charlotte, Oscar and Becky, and even Kyrie. Seeing Kyrie and Becky was kind of cool, and Kyrie and Charlotte. I feel like those could individually be awesome fucking matches. But yeah, this is a great match. Because um, again, it was something so fucking different that you're not used to fucking seeing. And what happened? Fucking Kyrie Sane ended up getting the win on Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch got hit with the miss. Kyrie Sane rolled her up, and Kyrie Sane gets a win over the fucking Raw Women's Champion. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out try to clear house. That pissed me off. I'm just like I'm so sick and tired of just watching you. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, we get a match between Ricochet and Apollo Crews, and this, man, this is, could have been so good if longer. It's a nice little friendly match here, but this was not bad for what we got. Like I said, it was something, again, something we're not used to seeing, but Ricochet pretty much just hit the comeback and ended up winning. I don't remember if he won with the recoil or not. Let me check my notes. <laughs> I think he did end up ending with the recoil. Yes, he did win with the recoil, so it was a nice little simple match. Uh, we get a tiny recap of Hell in a Cell because they're trying not to even talk about that. And then we get a pull-apart brawl with Tyson Fury. I don't care. Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury fought, I think, legit. It felt like 20 minutes. These guys had a pull-apart brawl. Don't care. Don't care about Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel is trash. But overall, Raw was okay. Just pushing the whole Tyson Fury thing was fucking annoying. Well, let's move on to the rest. Alright, WWE NXT started off here. Uh, NXT and AEW were very close for show of the week, I think, but uh, AEW to me still stole it. But NXT was fucking awesome, dude. So many great fucking matches. And we started off with Drew Gulak versus fucking Leo Rush. Big fan of both of them. Really, really big fan of Gulak. I'm a fucking mark for Gulak, dude. This guy is so fucking underrated. So talented. And we start off at 100 miles per hour. Gulak charges in with a drop kick. Uh, he misses. He charges in again. Leo catches him in a one-man Spanish fly. Leo hits him with a triple dive. Hits a fucking moonsault on the outside. Gulak catches him. Leo turns it into a tornado DT. But Gulak overpowers him. Turns it into a flapjack. And then just starts beating the crap out of this man. Slowly taking him down. Oh, we get a beautiful fucking modified rings of Saturn that look disgusting because Leo's pretty damn flexible. He basically made this man's shoulder blades touch. That was crazy. Uh, again, Gulak just beating the crap out of him right here. Like I said, Gulak is so fucking good. Like, he's one of the reasons I can't wait for the new 2K because I actually want to play him updated. I hated fucking newscaster Gulak in the last game. I was just like, I want to play the real fucking Gulak. The Philadelphia stretcher up in here. A uh, crazy looking spot where uh, Leo was on the top rope. Gulak fucking gave him like a sick kick. And fucking uh, Leo ended up falling to all the guys that were on the side. Uh, we come back from the break and uh, Gulak catches Leo's foot. Flips him and gives him one of the sickest lariats, dude. I thought he cleaned uh, fucking Leo right there. Uh, Gulak gets the Gulak. Almost gets a tap out from Leo. Leo ends up reversing into a pin. Then Lucky locking in the Dragon Sleeper of his own. Uh, Gulak with an impressive Fireman's Carry. Flips him over. Turns it into the Air air Raid Crash. Yeah, Air Raid Crash. It's swinging Neckbreaker. Torture Rack Swinging Neckbreaker. Uh, Leo kicks out. Crazy. Uh, we get to the top rope. Gulak's trying to do some shit. But usually it's stuff he doesn't do from the top rope. 
Gulak ends up going back. Leo stops him. Hits a cross body, which I thought was weird. I thought that would have been a perfect spot for him to make the man of the hour. But he ends up hitting a springboard stunner. Beautiful man of the hour frog splash. And Leo Rush cleanly beats Gulak in a great fucking opener. And much deserved Leo Rush. Like I, I'm telling you, this guy could be so good. It's crazy how we get to see. He's so over, too. It's crazy how we get to see how good this man is. Uh, Gulak comes in. He takes the title back. He gives him the respect. Uh, he gets the title strapped on by William Regal. And we get a little, like, it felt cool, man. Like, it felt good to see, like, we, this guy went from getting fired to being the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I thought that was kind of cool. How he just made such a quick turnaround like that. Because, like I said, this guy is really talented. Uh, next, one of my favorite women in NXT is Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is probably one of my favorite women wrestler out there right now. She's fucking great. Like, uh, just the way she carries herself, her moveset, her theme, her en- just everything. But we get Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah. She's out with Vanessa Bourne. Uh, Aaliyah is someone who um, I don't really know what they could do with. She's not, she's not a bad wrestler at all. She's gotten pretty good. Uh, Vanessa Bourne looks great, but wrestling-wise, eesh, not the greatest. Uh, Aaliyah starts doing stuff here and there, but Rhea's just trying to catch her at this point. She ends up uh, slapping Rhea in the back, and Rhea gets mad. Gives her a big old standing drop kick, locks in her freaking uh, deadlifted, elevated uh, cloverleaf, reverse cloverleaf. She ends up glance slamming her with the cloverleaf and taps out Aaliyah in about two minutes. Grabs the mic and says, yo, Shayna Baszler... You're dominant, but you've never beaten me. Let's do it. I'm happy. Rhea Ripley is exactly the person I would have chose to beat fucking uh, Shayna Baszler. So let's go. Uh, we get the fashion police, Breezango, doing this fucking... <laughs> Dude, I low-key marked out when I saw these two girls come out. And then I just hear a jackhammer in the background. And this fucking crazy techno music start playing. And I see Breeze Angle comes out. Oh my god. I'm not going to play. I low-key kind of marked out. Because I thought this was fucking hilarious. I just thought this entrance was great. Uh, They're fighting some jobbers. But Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons. Ends up bringing out both the jobbers. And the Forgotten Sons ends up taking their place. So we get a basically um, impromptu match here. Because the Forgotten Sons have had beefs with Tyler Breeze. Ever since he came stepped foot in NXT again. Uh, but this is actually a pretty good match. Uh, I fucking love Fandango's hot tag. Dude was going sick with the chops, man. He was killing them. Uh, Forgotten Sons are really fucking underrated, man. I remember when I saw them in NXT TakeOver Live. These guys were the biggest fucking heels on there. I just think they're a great fucking tag team, honestly. Like, uh, they got a great move set too. I love their tag team finish. They probably have my favorite tag team finish out right now. Uh, fucking hits a... Big Fandango has ends up a big dive on Jackson Riker. Forgotten Sons end up winning with their fucking foot stomp to the Scorpion Death Drop. I thought it was cool. Uh, also, cool buckle bomb onto uh, the knees here. They're building another Keith Lee match. Uh, Keith Lee and uh, Dijakovic. Dijak. I'm just going to call him Dijak. Uh, this should be the rubber match. So this is the last match between them. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Boa. Uh, Boa's the cool Chinese dude from the PC. He's actually kind of cool. He's tall, too. He's a tall motherfucker. But, again, Cameron Grimes looks at him. Boom. Double foot stomp. Boa's defeated. Uh, Killian Dane comes out, and he ends up destroying Boa. Like, I mean, this guy kills him with a bunch of Vader bombs. He's like three Vader bombs. Takes him to the outside. 
fucking just deadlifts him and throws him straight into the announce table. He leaves, and Killian Dane is looking for blood. Uh, we get a great promo package between uh, Pete Dunne and uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest is basically saying, hey, I'm just making a name for myself. I'm here to beat you up, and that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to use you as a stepping stone. You know, simple, simple heel heat, which I'm okay with. Uh, Undisputed Era, so Roderick Strong comes out. And this, this was the match I was really fucking excited for. This was probably my favorite match of the week. If I had to pick, this is probably my favorite match of the week. Isaiah Scott, a.k.a. Killshot from Lucha Underground, a.k.a. Shane Strickland. You know, the king of swerve over here. Uh, such a good talent, man. This guy is so great. I legit think he could be, like, one of the next big things in this company. Like, he's good at promos. He's got a presence about him. I even like his team. His team makes him feel cool. Fucking, uh, Roddy's basically shrugging him off, saying, oh, you're nothing. Roddy ends up pushing him before the match. Like, you know, the match starts. This guy gives him fucking, Isaiah gives him one of the biggest fucking like kicks I've ever seen. That was fucking awesome. Isaiah and Roddy start trading big chops, and I'm like, oh man, you don't want to take chops with Roger Strong. That's dangerous. That's real dangerous. Uh, Isaiah does this really cool cartwheel like splash thing. That was awesome. Uh, catches them with another like cartwheel hurricanrana and then into a big drop kick. Isaiah pretty much got the match going his way, giving Roddy the kicks, and then Roddy starts coming in with those. Vicious chops. Like, Roger Strong and Kenny Omega, to me, have, like, some of the stiffest chops I've ever seen. Like, Roger Strong, Kenny Omega, Benoit, and I guess you could put Walter in there. Even though, to me, the mostly thing of Walter's chops is how people sell them. They sell them like death, but just gunshot. It just sounds like a gunshot when Kenny Omega used to chop people in New Japan. It was awful, dude. It used to make me, like, cringe. It was so hard. Uh, Roddy starts taking a little bit of controls, breaking backs. Uh, Roddy did this cool shit I've never seen him do before. He went to do a belly-to-belly, -belly and he ended up putting his knee when he dropped him down. So he did kind of like a belly-to-belly -belly, like backbreaker. That was really cool. Uh, Isaiah starts to come back. Big kicks. Uh, but as soon as he starts to make a comeback, uh, we get the Undisputed Era coming out to help their boy out. Uh, big German suplex throwing him inside out into a fucking uh, pay dirt. He hits his, like, little sidekick thing where he does. I love that finish, but for some reason, Roddy kicked out. That move should be protected. That move looks awesome. Uh, he super kicks Roddy, gives him a double draping, double foot stomp to the outside. Isaiah gets distracted. Roddy hits the big knee, hits the sick kick, which I'm so glad Roger's rocked back. Hits the end of a heartache and hits a stronghold. He basically hits every finisher that Roddy knows. And he finally puts away Isaiah Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott. But this, I think, I thought this was a great coming out match for Isaiah. I, I the dude killed it, man. Uh, Adam Cole takes a stick and he's cutting a promo saying, "I don't care who Finn is, I don't care who Champ is, no one's taking my title away from me." And that's facts. Uh, who interrupts him? But the man himself, Velveteen Dream, comes out saying he isn't done with Roderick Strong, man. He's basically saying gonna come up short i'm getting my title rematch because i guess rematches still happen in uh, nxt i guess they don't go by the new rule that they, WWE never follows anyway but basically he's saying he showed the picture of roddy <laughs> posing with the title you know old school style like Shawn michaels 
And then he ended up censoring Roddy's, like, he put, like, the tiniest little censor thing on Roddy's penis. So he basically said Roddy had a small dick, which I'm like, ooh, that hurt Roddy because Roddy was going in. Champa comes out, got the fucking, that's, that's my boy right there, man. That's NXT golden boy right there. He takes the chair, he has a crutch, he sits down on the chair, he cuts a promo, he basically says, Goldie, daddy's home. The people start chanting, daddy's home. Basically, you know, he's getting his title back. Like, I even said that. The man, perfect for the job, was fucking uh, Champa to get his title back. Uh, Bianca Belair versus, uh, oh my god, I always want to call her Evie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota Kai just came back about a week ago, and they already put her up against a big deal, which is uh, Bianca Belair. I'm a big fan of both these girls, but I am a gigantic fan of Dakota Kai. She came in with the PKs, hit about three PKs, one to the outside. But I felt something, I even said to myself, I'm really hoping they're not going to have uh, fucking Dakota Kai lose, because she just came back, but also Bianca Belair just took... She took two straight losses to um, Shayna Baszler, and she took two straight losses to Mia Yim. So I'm like, there's no way they're going to have fucking Bianca Belair lose. But I'm like, ah, this is, this is, I was torn between these two, but I really wanted Dakota Kai to win. Uh, Dakota Kai with a big scorpion kick, hits a little comeback, uh, hits a big drop kick. Uh, she takes um, fucking Bianca Belair to the outside, heads up hitting a big putt kick. A uh, pump kick, I meant to say. Uh, scissors kick to the back. It's the coast-to-coast fucking um, Yakuza kick to the corner. Bianca kicks out. Goes for a weird modified version of the chiropractor. Well, basically, she does it to the front. Uh, Bianca kicked out of that. I was shocked because that looked pretty cool. Uh, Bianca comes in. Uh, hits her with the glam slam. The deadlift glam slam. Hits a standing shooting star press. That was cool. It's about to go for a big power bomb. She ends up getting caught in a roll-up. Dakota fights back. Dakota flips over, uh, ducks the clothesline, goes for a big old kick, falls, but gets tricked into hitting the KOD. She gets hit with the KOD, a.k.a. the fucking, basically the fucking burning hammer, if you really think about it. It's like a, like Tyler X style. And Bianca Belair gets the clean win on Dakota Kai, takes the promo, says the Rhea Ripley, the only person that's going to meet Shayna Baszler is her. So it looks like we're going to get Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. And I'm really hoping Bianca Belair does not win. She had her shot already. She had two shots at Shayna Bay. And fucking, uh, she ended up uh, passing out or tapping out. But I thought this was a good match too. This is a great match. Uh, uh, but I really thought Dakota Kai should have won. Because she just came back. But... I'm pretty sure they're probably going to fall into tagging her up with uh, Tegan Knox Because Tegan Knox comes back uh, next week, which is cool. Because when, when they put her in NXT UK, I was just like, I really want Tegan Knox on regular NXT. Because that girl is fucking good. She's also, like, a, I'm a big fan favorite of hers. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of hers. But uh, we get an explanation from Pete Dunne saying, this was a cool callback here. So they brought up the video of Pete Dunne making a name for himself. And doing the same thing that Damian Priest did, but to one of the UK jobbers where he elbowed him in the face. And I was like, oh, well, that's what Damian Priest did. He just elbowed him in the face. So I thought that was kind of a cool callback. And Pete Dunne's like, I get it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> there was a cool thing, too, where Pete Dunne's just like, okay, how are you going to shoot your arrows if I break your fucking fingers? I thought that was awesome. And it is main event time. I'm actually really looking forward to um, uh, Damian Priest and Pete Dunne. 
But main event time, it is Walter versus Kushida. I'm a big Kushida mark. Has followed his New Japan career since day one, eight years ago. Hard to believe it's been that long. And both men told the story. Both men were undefeated. Only one comes out not undefeated. Well, I mean, with their undefeated streak intact. Uh, this was a good match. Uh, I am not the biggest fan of Walter at all, but... When he does these matches against these little guys, man, you know, not even saying she was a little tiny boy, he says Walter's pretty big, but when he does these matches, like that match with Tyler Bate, man, that it's one of my matches of the year. It's it's fucking fantastic. Uh we got a quick I think it looked like, I think it was supposed to be a botch. Kuchita goes for a fucking springboard, but he ends up like catching himself, and Walter just turns into a fucking big brute. Uh, we get Walter basically beating the crap out of Kushida almost his whole match. But Kushida keeps fighting back. That was the thing they kept saying on commentary. He's going to keep fighting back. He's giving him the big old chops. He's giving him the big old things. Uh, Kushida hit a really cool fucking tornado DDT when Walter went for a powerbomb. Gave him a big old karate chop. Hit the cartwheel drop kick. Kushida's trying to come back. Keeps catching Walter's hand. He finally starts working the hand for the hoverboard lock. Uh, there was a sick spot where Walter just ended up stomping on Kushida's head on the apron. He went to sleeper slam him inside, but Kushida fought out. Uh, Walter chopped Kushida. Kushida ended up not selling that shit. Ends up fucking DDT. He basically did a cart like a cartwheel DDT to Walter to the outside. That was fucking cool. Uh, Walter is getting his ass kicked right now. Kushida's coming back, hitting the arm as much as he could. Uh, he tries to lock in some version of the hoverboard lock. does not work. Walter's trying to basically sleep him at this point. Uh, Kushida goes for that weird um, roll-up he does, but Walter ends up fighting back a little bit with a sleeper hold. Uh, Kushida keeps going back to the hoverboard lock as Walter's hand is finally weakening. Uh, Walter hits uh, tries to go for a move, but Kushida ends up hitting like a really cool spin kick. Walter catches him anyway with a big boot. Big deadlift German suplex. Walter finally hits what he was looking for with a pump handle fallaway slam. Walter's on the top rope. Kushida follows him up. And Kushida does this fucking awesome move that I love so much where he does the hoverboard lock. But he like does it with a suplex off the top rope. I really thought that was it. Like these motherfuckers actually got me to believe Kushida was going to win. Uh, Kushida started biting the fingers of Walter while in the hoverboard lock. Uh, Walter fights out of it with the rope break. Kushida's finally coming back. Walter catches him, big double drop kick, big power bomb. Kushida ends up kicking out the power bomb. Walter ends up just taking him, rainmaker for the win. I'm like, that's disrespectful. <laughs> so yeah, Walter's really building up this clothesline now. That's how he ended up beating Tyler Bate too. He just ran at him and just boom, clothesline. But great episode of NXT. Every match I pretty much liked. I thought all the matches had purpose and were good stuff. But uh, this match was good, too. Like like I said, you put Walter with these type of peoples, like, you know, people that can actually make him look like a star, he could be something. I also forgot to mention, there was a cool interview spot where Champa was, was supposed to get interviewed by Kathy Kelly. By the way, Kathy Kelly is a goddess, man. God damn, that woman is fine. But Kathy Kelly's about to interview Champa. Angel Garza's trying to hit on Kathy Kelly. And then he sees Champa and he starts telling him in Spanish, like, you, you're nothing. I don't care about your comeback. Champa just forearms his Angel Garza in the face. That's why they're having a match next week. Uh, Kathy Kelly's asking him. She's like, what was he saying? He's like, I have no clue. And he just walks away. I thought it was awesome. 
NXT, but NXT was fucking fantastic. Again, NXT is always pretty damn fucking good. But now, ever since two hours, it's even been better. I think it just sucks. The views aren't really building up as much, but I hope so. Because NXT is a really good fucking show always. Alright, AEW Dynamite Episode 2. Let's get to it. And what a fantastic fucking episode, dude. I thought this was fucking great. Like, I enjoyed this so much. Uh, Like, right away, the opener, the Young Bucks versus Private Party. And I got what I wanted. I wanted Private Party to advance in the tag team tournament. By the way, the tag team titles look awesome. Like... The world title looks great, but the fucking women's title looks like trash to me. But the tag team titles look awesome. We get a great fucking promo package explaining Private Party, explaining the Young Bucks. And that's what I wanted. More promo packages. Uh, I love the Young Bucks new shirt. Whole like fucking uh, Power Rangers lightning bolt is cool. And boy, what a fucking match, man. This match got almost 25 to almost 20 minutes, I think. It was great and they never once cut it to a commercial break for the whole match i thought that was great i really hope they do that more often it made the match so much better than not cutting to a commercial break but jesus this match was so action-packed i'll try to get to some of the stuff i wrote down but uh it was just crazy it was just crazy both teams were hot uh fucking um private party going nuts with the fucking dives so can every dive you could think of, these guys hit. Uh, Young Bucks with the super kick party in the mid-match. That was fun. Uh, always cool to see the super kick party. Uh, fucking uh, Nick Jackson ended up hitting a crazy running powerbomb through the ramp. He ran halfway across the ramp on the steel ramp. Uh, Young Bucks hit a great uh, slice bread into a fucking powerbomb from the corner. That was awesome. They start working over only... Basically, it's a handicap match at this point. The Young Bucks are being the assholes. Working over uh, one half of Private Party, beating the crap out of them. Uh, they're trying to do that. Uh, basically, trying to break his back with a the sharpshooter. They're trying to do everything they can because the other one's out because he got buckle bombed, basically. He got running power Liger bomb into the fucking ramp. That was awesome. Uh, young Bucks are hitting their all the traditional offenses. It's a cool spot where they hit a fucking like uh, elbow drop into the knees, but the way they did it just looked really cool. Uh, Nick and Matt Jackson. Uh, finally, the other half of Private Party comes in and he makes the hot tag as soon as he can. But Nick is trying to stop it at all costs. Nick ends up stopping it only like once or twice. And then they go back into cutting the ring in half. This is some classic, really good tag team wrestling, which I enjoyed. Uh, Nick and Matt finally make a fucking mistake. Uh, they tag in the other member of Private Party. He starts going fucking ballistic. Uh, clotheslines, clotheslines, hitting all the shit he can. He does this weird little screaming thing that's fucking hilarious. It's, like, funny. Uh, Nick Jackson goes to hit his fucking, uh, triple Northern Lights suplex. Uh, I love that spot, especially the last one. Buckle bomb into the back head kick from the Young Bucks into the sharpshooter. They're really trying to get the tap out win here. And this is the one that got powerbombed to the fucking stage, so... I like. I really like how they're like using that fucking uh, back because they did this storyline for like almost a year in New Japan where Nick's back have costed them. Uh, miscalculation by the Young Bucks. Po- reverse poison Rana by one of the private party members. A uh, big shooting star press. I mean, like this shooting star press was gorgeous. Uh, fucking Nick Jackson ends up kicking out. 
We get a cool, one of the coolest reversals I think I've ever seen in wrestling. I'm not even trying to hype this up. He take uh, Nick Jackson takes one of the members of Private Party. I have to learn their names. Yeah, I know I'm horrible. He takes their arms, he flips them over, and he catches them into a tombstone position to hit the Melter Driver. But then they end up reversing it, and Private Party sneaks the win. Young Bucks can't believe it. They're in disbelief. The crowd is going crazy. I'm glad they're fucking um, getting the the recognition they deserve. Because I always said Private Party is such a good tag team. But great. Oh, me, great opener. Uh, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, the fucking uh, not LAX, and Jake Hagar all come out. And Jericho is about to reveal the name of the group and why they did this. And this was some of Jericho's best work in years, man. I'm loving this run as Jericho right now. It's like, it's sad to see this is why he's the AEW World Champion and Hangman wasn't. So basically, Jericho's explaining he hired LAX. Uh, Jake Hager, he hired him. And he picked Sammy to be the future. So basically, it's kind of like a weird evolution here. Fucking, he called Sammy Guerrero sexy Spanish god. I thought that was fucking fantastic. The crowd started chanting, we the people. And Jericho just went ballistic on the crowd saying, we the people suck. It was bad creative and it's gone and it's dead and it's buried. Uh, fucking, he did. And the whole crowd, he turned the whole crowd. The whole crowd was chanting for we the people. And the, by the end of that promo, he had the whole crowd chanting AEW. I thought that was a good, good change. But they are called the Inner Circle, and I am a big fan of the name. I think the name is fucking cool. I just can't believe this is the first time in Jericho's, what, 25-year career, almost 30-year career, that he's part of a, a faction. He's never been part of a faction. This is crazy. I looked it up. I can't find anything of Jericho being part of a faction. A million tag teams, never a faction. Weird, right? Uh, he even did a good job of building up Swagger, because I feel like Swagger is going to... Uh, Hagar, sorry. Is going to need a lot of building up to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Jack. I love Jack, man. I think Jack is cool. Uh, like I said, I think this group would make more sense with LAX not in it, but... That's just me, because I feel like LAX can do their own thing or start their own little, like, uh, Spanish guy group. But, legit, it, this is just, like, I, I call them random select, but Inner Circle will do. The Inner Circle t-shirt ended up selling out. It crashed a fuck, I think, Pro Wrestling T's website or something. Of so much, the Inner Circle t-shirt sold out. Next, uh, we get Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. Uh, again, not the biggest fan of Jimmy Havoc's wrestling, but he is a cool guy. I, I think he's pretty cool in interviews and stuff like that. And when he did, when he gets those death matches going, he's crazy. But it is whoever wins gets a title match against Jericho. I thought this was kind of cool. I wish it was a hardcore match, but I understand why they didn't do it. Because, you know, uh, Darby actually ended up getting the win, which actually made me pretty happy. Because I think Darby and Jericho can have a pretty good match. Uh, both men got little promo packages describing why they want to do this, how they do this, and you know what they want to do to Chris Jericho. I thought that was cool. Basically, Darby, you know, saying all the crazy shit he tried to do to Cody, like when he tried to hit the coffin drop on the apron, and basically saying he's been there a success. So, we got Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen, and uh, this is a short match, but I liked what I saw. 
Like I said, I, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Darby Allen. I think this guy could actually be something. He's pretty damn fucking cool. And he could do some crazy shit. And again, he is fucking crazy. Uh, the funny spot where they went for the fucking Ring of Honor handshake. And uh, Jimmy Havoc ended up just spitting in the face of fucking uh, Darby Allen. Uh, he starts, they start biting each other at one point. Darby's biting him. He's biting him. A crazy fucking suplex spot to the outside. He just superplexed him. He deadlifts, superplexes Darby Allen to the outside. Jimmy Havoc does. Then uh, Jimmy Havoc ends up taking control. Doing a lot of hand stuff. Trying to break his fingers here and there. You know, usually European guy stuff. <laughs> These guys love doing this fucking finger shit. But like I said, uh, Jimmy Havoc is not the greatest wrestler ever. But I thought he actually did pretty decent in this match. You know, with his, uh, showing a little bit of technical wrestling that he can do. Uh, Darby Allen was getting beat up this whole time, man. Jimmy Havoc was definitely the one in control. But again, that's kind of Darby's story where he gets beat up, beat up, and he ends up making a comeback. Jimmy Havoc with a big roaring elbow almost kills Darby. Uh, Death Valley driver bomb to the fucking uh, corner. That was cool. Vicious looking, man. Vicious looking. But Darby keeps fighting out. He reaches the rope. Uh, fucking, we get Daniel Bryan curve stomps to the face. Uh, Darby ends up fighting out of that, starts biting the crap, uh, hits the coffin drop, and boom, Darby gets his ass kicked, wins, he finally hits the coffin drop again, because that's a great move, by the way, he just tosses himself fucking backwards like that, but yeah, Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho on episode 3 of AEW Dynamite, uh, next we get the women, we get Bea Prisley, who's fucking awesome, and uh, she ended up being followed by uh, another Japanese girl that ended up debuting. I think this is actually the girl who ended up training Riho. So, yeah, it's Riho and Britt Baker versus the girl. I forgot her name because I suck. <laughs> and I suck at writing notes. And, uh, again, I'm big fucking fan of Riho. Big, big fan of Britt Baker, too. Dr. Britt Baker. I actually thought she's the one that should have won the title. But I feel like that would be too obvious. Uh, Bia Prisley, too, is fucking awesome. Like, this girl... It's crazy, but she's getting kind of a little bad rep right now. She keeps hurting people, man. Every time she has been in the ring with Britt Baker, she has legit hurt her. And then she ended up giving her a black eye in this match somehow. And uh, just just awesome. I just fucking love Riho. But this is a good match, too, and they introduced another new talent. Uh, the other girl kind of looked like she was in a marching band. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. I'm just like, that's a kind of a cool gimmick. Again, Bea Prisley can wait no longer. She does not even wait for the tag, and she just ends up beating the shit out of Britt Baker. Like I said, these two are going to have to have, like, a last woman standing match or some shit. Because these two have been beating the crap out of each other for a long, long time. Uh, Riho ends up diving on all the girls on the outside. You know, little baby Riho. And it looks like we're going to get Britt Baker versus Riho. I think that was announced for episode 3. Uh, but Britt Baker and Riho end up taking the win. Uh, Bea Prisley and uh, Britt Baker are still going at it. I love uh, Britt Baker's submission where it's the rings of Saturn, but she, like, fucking bites. She, like, doesn't bite them, but, like, she takes their, she takes their hand and starts clawing at their teeth. You know, call back to the doctor days. I thought that was cool. Uh, match I was really looking forward to that ended up being fucking fantastic. Uh... Sean Spears, I always want to call him Gavin Spears in ECW. Sean Spears versus John Moxley. Uh, like I said, to me, John Moxley could do no fucking wrong. 
Like, ever since this man has transformed to John Moxley and went to Japan, I have been pretty fucking hyped. Uh, it's sad. I have to review King of Pro Wrestling uh, next week, but sadly, Moxley ended up getting stripped of the IWGP US title because of travel issues. Him and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. couldn't make it. So, but we ended up getting fucking Lance Archer as the fucking new US champion, which I marked over for. I'm pretty fucking happy. But let's not get into that. We'll get into New Japan next week. I have to catch up. I've been pretty lazy about that because there's so much fucking wrestling to watch these days. But Moxley and uh, Spears start going at it. It is all Moxley, man. Moxley, this is a showcase for Moxley. Fucking Regal Knee kills his man. Neville's on commentary, brooding, you know, being the bastard that he is. So, yeah, this is just destruction by fucking Moxley. Uh, Spears tries to fight back as much as he can. Uh, Moxley cleans his clock off with a big fucking clothesline. Uh, Tully ends up getting the distraction. Ends up Spears ends up coming back, hitting a Garoshi Garoshi. Uh, Moxley, elevated Death Rider. One, two, three. Moxley gets the clean win. Another L for fucking... Ga- um, oh, my God. Sean Spears. That's kind of a bummer, but... Kenny Omega comes out. Speaking of L's, <laughs> my favorite jobber, Kenny Omega, comes out with a fucking broom with barbed wire on it, which I marked off for. I was pretty fucking happy about that. Any mention of the cleaner will get me to just scream like a little girl. Because I fucking love Kenny Omega as the cleaner, man. That was his best in- reincarnation of anything. The best bout machine was cool. The cleaner is just where it's at, man. The whole Terminator thing, it was fucking awesome. Uh, so he brings a barbed wired bat and a barbed wired broom. He gives the barbed wired bat to Moxley. Neville ends up coming in, chair across the head, back of the head. Moxley chases away Neville, and basically he goes to hit Kenny Omega, and he spares his life. Which I'm just like, damn, Kenny really out here being that loser. I'm pretty sure he after he loses to Moxley because he's totally gonna lose to Moxley. He's he's gonna go nuts and hopefully transform back into the cleaner. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, this is a weird match, it was Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho for the main event, and the whole time just like, why isn't Cody the one working with Hangman Page? You know, I'm just like, that's kind of stupid, but whatever, we get Dustin Rhodes, you know, uh, Sammy Guevara is awesome, uh, like I said, for me, how young this guy is, he's really fucking good. Came out rocking the fucking um, inner circle shirt. He also fucking he came out and started rocking the Vince McMahon walk. I thought that was funny. But we get it going. It is Jericho, Sammy Guevara, fucking Jericho starts pointing at Sammy's abs. Uh, Jake Hager is out there for support versus the Natural, Dustin Rhodes, and Hangman Page. And I'll tell you how weird it was to see fucking Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Jericho. You know, they must have loved it, those old bastards. <laughs> but I think Dustin held his own, man. Like, Dustin is crazy how this guy's almost 60 years old, but he doesn't feel like it. He doesn't, like, feel like an old man the way he moves around there. He's also in the best shape of his life. I've never seen him so fucking thin. It's crazy. Uh, Hangman's getting his shit in. You know, co- cowboy shit. Hashtag cowboy shit. Uh, he's basically owning the crap out of Sammy Guevara. Deadlifting him everywhere he can. Sammy's getting no offense against Hangman. Hangman's in a super pissed off mood, as he should be. He's been getting screwed and screwed and screwed. Uh, so baby faces are pretty much in control right now. Sammy's not putting in any effort right now by uh, Hangman. Hangman's just destroying this man. 
Uh, they go for the pin early, but Jericho ends up getting involved. Uh, Jericho then is talking trash, you know, the simple Jericho shit. Sammy ends up making a comeback, hitting this cool move where he hit a gorilla press slam. Uh, Fireman's carry gorilla press slam onto the fucking turnbuckle. That was cool. Uh, usual cheating antics by uh, Sammy and uh, Jericho. Jake Hager is also helping out. He cleans Hangman's clock with a big fucking clothesline on the outside. You know, usual heel shit. Then, finally, Sammy and Jericho end up taking control. They start isolating Hangman, being a crap out of him. Sammy's finally getting some shit in. Like I already said, I really like this group of the Inner Circle. I'm big, actually a big fan. Uh, Jericho tags himself back in. He's arguing with the referee, you know, saying it's to call him a stupid idiot and all this stuff. Same thing with Hangman. He keeps slapping the crap out of him. He's about to go for the Lion's Soul. Hangman escapes, puts the knees up. Hangman finally goes to make the tap to Dustin Rose, but he ends up not doing it. Sammy tags in. Hangman destroys them with a discus lariat. Like, I mean, kills this dude. And he finally tags in the natural fucking Dustin Rose. Dustin Rose cleaning house. You know, hitting the usual gold dust shit. Uh, Jericho comes in, trying to prevent Dustin from getting the offense. He takes out Jericho. Sammy's about to get dropped. Sammy hits a big kick. And here comes Jake Hager. Like I said, he destroys Hangman Page for clothesline. Jericho comes in. Fucking beautiful code red by Dustin Rhodes. He sets up Jericho in the corner. He's about to give him the Shadow Dreams. Big fucking power slam to Sammy Guevara. Jake Hager comes in. Clotheslines Dustin Rhodes. Judas effect by Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho remains undefeated in AEW. I think this guy has a spotless record. So far, and the Judas Effect basically has taken down everybody. Uh, Jake Hager, uh, Sammy Guevara, and uh, Chris Jericho end up beating the shit out of Hangman Page and Dustin after the match. Dustin is getting the crap beat out of him. Fucking some reason, Cody Rhodes shuts off the lights and comes out spooky Undertaker style. Cody's getting the shit out of beating out of them because fucking um, uh, Ortiz comes out. You know, LAX comes out. Up for the save is MJF, and you would have thought MJF was the biggest baby face in sports entertainment history. Fucking MJF comes out, Jericho takes him out. He basically teases he's going to take him out with a chair. He comes out, Young Bucks come out. Basically, we got a brawl ending, basically, uh, I almost said WCW, AEW, but as long as they don't spam this, I'm okay with this, because they did it two weeks in a row, because I even said they're still trying to establish the inner circle, but basically you had... uh, Darby Allen took a skateboard and he ended up riding it down the ramp and beating the crap out of Chris Jericho. So Darby's basically making his presence known versus Chris Jericho, which I think is going to be a great match. Jericho also ended up changing it into a street fight and he also said the pain maker's coming. He's promoting, you know, the paint and all that stuff. So that's cool. I like how Jericho's kind of doing the whole like uh, alter ego thing. Uh, but basically the inner circle beats the crap out of the baby faces here, but the baby faces get a small comeuppance and, uh, AEW was a great show. I thought AEW was the best show all week, honestly, compared to, you know, whatever other stuff, but I thought AEW was the best show all week. All right. Friday night Smackdown, a much better edition than their debut episode. I'll tell you that the debut episode was pure manure, basura, trash. But now we get the draft. This is the first episode of the draft. Thank the Lord. The wild card rule is dead. Gone. Deceased. Murdered. Officially. Dead. 
So we started off with Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And again, not the biggest Roman Reigns fan, you know. He can turn it up when he wants to, but this is a good match, man. Seth is always, always making fucking Roman look like a million bucks, even more than usual. Like, it's crazy how they haven't done these two at WrestleMania. I feel like both of them need better WrestleMania matches from now on. Triple H and Seth, to me, was great. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like it because it was a little slow pace, but... I like the whole, you know, working the leg, sickening stuff Triple H was doing to Seth's leg, so. Roman Roman's WrestleMania match is just fucking, I think, a colossal failure, except for Brock. Brock the first match. Brock the first match at Mania was fucking awesome. But basically, they're doing a thing where they know each other, you know. Uh, they fucking, you know, they know each other very well. There was a cool spot where Seth went to go do a dive. And Roman basically knew everything. Then Seth went to go do a knee, and he knew that too. He predicted that. Basically, he predicted the whole old Seth's offense. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, fucking Seth ended up giving a big right hand to Roman. Roman ended up slapping the crap out of him. Seth starts going in with the right left. Uh, Roman throws Seth out of the ring. Basically, tell him this is my place. Let's do this. Uh, Seth tries to come back at a curve stomp. Roman ends up reversing it into the big deadlift one-armed powerbomb for a near fall. Roman looks very surprised. He kicked out. Roman's about to get the crowd heights. He's going for the Superman punch. Uh, Rollins ends up reversing it. Rollins has a big clothesline to the outside. Goes for the triple dive. You know, hits one dive, hits two dives. Big springboard knee. Uh, Roman gets hit with the knee clocked on. That was a very nice looking springboard knee. Uh, near fall. Uh, they even show a replay of that knee. That knee hits so good. Uh, that shit looked pretty rough. Oof, we don't want to go uh, Seth fucking kicking people's faces in again. Uh, Seth is about to burn it down. He's going for the curve stomp. Super kicks fucking uh, reigns in the stomach. Let to go the curve stomp. Reigns blocks it. He gets hit with a super kick. No cells. Fucking Rollins takes that boy up. Buckle bomb. Rain no sells the buckle bomb. Gets him with the Superman punch. I thought it was a cool spot. I like that spot. Whew. I would like to see Roman hold his back after though. He kind of just like laid there. I'm just like, alright. I would have seen a little a little bit of selling on the buckle bomb would have been nice. Uh Rain hits a big move. Uh then he's about to go for the ooh, he's about to go for the spear. Uh Rollins ends up catching him midway through a pedigree. Crazy how Reigns end up kicking out of that. I really would have made that the finish. Rollins is about to end it. Reigns is pretty much done. He's burning it down. He's burning it down. Lights go out. And the Fiend returns to haunt Seth Rollins. He comes out of the ring. Mandible claws him. Drags Seth Rollins in the ring. Seth Rollins ends up escaping. And the Fiend does this creepy shit where he only pops up his eyes. And he's looking at Seth Rollins. It's really creepy. I actually like it. It's good stuff there. He ends up disappearing again. Rollins is like in super fear again. He's all shocked. The Fiend is all the way up in the ramp. He looks back. Dude just looks fucking awesome, dude. I can't believe they ended up fucking with The Fiend and doing this world title shot. And now it means nothing. Because guess what? The Fiend was drafted to SmackDown. So you basically followed up this fucking feud for absolute nothing. Because we all know Seth's staying on Raw. I don't know. I thought that was pretty stupid. They basically just fucking dick teased us with the fiend. Oh, it's like we're gonna have the fiend. At least they carry you last or something. 
I wouldn't be surprised. But we get the, some of the draft picks are in. You know, they're explaining the rules. Over 70 superstars. Uh, 30 are eligible to be drafted tonight and 40 on Monday Night Raw. Uh, for every two picks, SmackDown gets. Raw gets three because Raw is a one-hour longer show. Stephanie McMahon comes out and she will be doing all the picks throughout the night. Which I kind of like. It kind of made it seem official. I hated the whole fucking Fox and USA guys backstage. Fucking yeah, let's get it, boys. Let's celebrate. That shit was so fucking fake and stupid. Uh, first draft pick is the important one, I guess. It's Becky Lynch stays on Raw. Shocking. The Raw Women's Champion stays on Raw. I was like, fucking up. Like, duh. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay. Like, isn't that what it should be? Because they were building that to be the big fucking pick. Uh, so yeah, like I said, Bray Wyatt goes to SmackDown, which I thought was stupid. Uh, McIntyre goes to Raw, which was dumb. McIntyre should have gone to SmackDown. Uh, and then they cut with the backstage. So yeah, Becky Lynch to Raw. Roman Reigns officially stays on SmackDown. The whole OC goes to Raw. Uh, some good picks there, I think. Some good picks there, but again, I think a couple wrong decisions. I really wanted Bray to stay on Raw because to keep this feud going so he could have killed Seth Rollins finally. I feel like the kind of dick tease does with that shit. He's like, can, can we just have him kill him? <laughs> like, I love Rollins, but come on. This is what we want. We want the Fiend to murder him. Uh, BC Young God King Corbin comes out, and we're getting King Corbin versus Shorty Gable. Yes, folks, by the way, love the new King Corbin merch. I love the shirt. Totally going to buy it when I have a chance. Yeah, his name is fucking Shorty Gable. They actually changed Chad Gable's name to Shorty Gable. I was hurt, man. Like, I, I don't understand how they expect this guy to get over with a name like fucking Shorty. Shorty G. Uh, but, again, great chemistry between these two. Again, these guys never disappoint me when it comes to them having a match. Rolling Chaos Theory will never not impress me. I thought that was fucking awesome how he always hits that on fucking Corbin. Uh, he doesn't let go of it, which is cool. And he starts hitting other German suplexes, which was awesome. King Corbin is hurt. Uh, Corbin picks up uh, Shorty G. Tries to give him a choke slam, but Gable reverses it to an ankle lock. Uh, Corbin guy gets him off. It doesn't happen. Uh, Gable shoots the roll up, but doesn't get it. Uh, Corbin catches him out of nowhere. End of days. And as we know... No one has ever kicked out of the end of days. One, two, three, done, finito. Corbin beats Shorty G cleanly. So I don't know where they can go with this because Corbin has now beat him cleanly like twice now. So they can't really go anywhere to me with this shit. So Ricochet's trapped to Raw. Uh, he should have gone to SmackDown. Strowman's on SmackDown, which is cool. Maybe he could finally fucking do something. This dude has always been touching the brass ring. Never do anything with him, though. Lashley goes to Raw, which I'm pissed. I wish Lashley could have gone to SmackDown. Would have kind of made it feel like the good old days of Lashley being on SmackDown. So, yeah. Randy Orton officially goes to Raw, which I'm happy about. Sasha Banks to SmackDown. Fucking duh. Ricochet to Raw. Braun to SmackDown. Bobby Lashley to Raw. So, I'm like, all right. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Like I said, I would have rather done it a couple different ways around. But, you know, beggars can't be choosy. I also like how they had Samoa Joe on the panel, too. They were discussing all the picks and stuff, because Joe is very fucking intellectual when he wants to be. Uh, Tyson Fury stuff, don't care. It's Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman. It's Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar, and apparently it's for the fucking WWE Championship. 
Uh, basically, uh, Paul Heyman is talking how he's going to victimize and brutalize Cain Velasquez. They show, actually, the video of Cain Velasquez destroying Brock Lesnar's face. So, at least it's kind of cool they're putting some story behind this. Because they even kind of showed the scar that Brock still had from Cain Velasquez being the crap out of him. The New Day is backstage cutting a promo. And that shit pissed me off so hard. Because fucking... Kofi does not even acknowledge anything that happened with Brock Lesnar. So fucking stupid. Uh, they do the cancer thing, you know, breast cancer awareness month. I have no problem with that, of course. Uh, the OC versus the New Day, and this match really fucking pissed me off. This match legit was like five minutes. It was decent, and Kofi beat fucking AJ Styles cleanly with one trouble in paradise. So this guy gets fucking molested by Brock Lesnar, and all of a sudden he can beat... Legit, one of the greatest wrestlers in the fucking world, AJ Styles, with one kick, one trouble in paradise, whatever. Like I said, they're going to keep trying to make fucking Kofi something, even though this dude legit is irrelevant now. he Like, I love Kofi. Like, don't get me wrong, but no. Uh, stupid mistake here. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were traded separately. So Alexa Bliss went to Raw, Lacey Evans went to SmackDown, which apparently she's getting a big push, hopefully. Kevin Owens went to Raw, which, whatever. Uh, Revival was on SmackDown, duh, they're the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and Natalya stays on Raw. So I guess that's kind of why they had Natalya win. Uh, more draft picks down the way. Lucha House Party goes to SmackDown, which, you see, Lucha House Party goes to SmackDown, and it counts as all three of them. But for some reason, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss don't count as one pick, even though they said tag teams count as one pick, a.k.a. Heavy Machinery going to SmackDown, which they count as one pick. You see my drift here? This company is retarded. They break their own rules every fucking time. The Street Profits are officially on Raw, and good luck, gentlemen. You guys are fucked. Viking Raiders on Raw, duh, they're probably going to win the Raw Tag Team titles. Lucha Hearts Party to SmackDown, eh, whatever, they're good. They, they, uh, they're really good guys individually, but as a party, I don't like them. Make across the Raw, woo, Heavy Machinery to SmackDown, makes sense. Street Profits on Raw, these guys are going to get lost. Like They're going to get hyped for a week or two, and guess what? Street Profits, because these guys showed all their talent in NXT, but that's how it's going to be. That's where it's going to stay. All the talent's going to stay right fucking there. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship was being promoted, and I was like, huh. Bailey comes out, she's wearing a hoodie, she does the whole celebration, she takes off the hoodie to reveal a new haircut, she's got like a short bob thing going, she stops the music, she's super serious, and she takes like a weird pickaxe thing, and she starts killing the Bailey buddies. And Bailey officially, finally, finally actually turns heel. She kills the Bailey buddies, man. I was so hyped by this. I thought this was fucking great. Charlotte sold it fucking awesome, too. She just kept looking at her like, I like this. Like, I think this is great. So Bailey killed the Bailey buddies. She's got a new haircut. And I like her gear, too. She changed her gear a little bit. It just looks nice. And a new attitude. Bailey. Right away, starts going at Charlotte. Charlotte and Bailey start beating the shit out of each other, and I actually enjoyed this match, big time. I thought this was a good match. Like I said, I have not been intrigued in Bailey since Bailey left NXT, but I'm sold now. I'm a real big fan of this Bailey character. <laughs> uh, Charlotte's taking it to Bailey to the outside, but Bailey keeps fighting back. 
Just a whole other aggression of Bailey that she's never had before. She starts basketballing Charlotte's head off the fucking steel steps. That was nasty. Uh, she's loving her work, too. Uh, again, we get them back from the commercial break. Bailey is like, she's. I like how she's kind of wrestling different. Like she's not doing her usual shit, which is cool. She's doing more like ruthless, more, more a lot more striking, which is cool. So that's what she needs to do. Add some like knee strikes, add some like elbow strikes. She's adding a lot more like uh, holds too, which is cool. That's what Bailey needs to. She needs a submission to automatically make the official heel run. Uh. But yeah, these these girls had a pretty good match, and Bailey ends up winning back the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I thought that was great. Um, like I said, uh, uh, I get they're trying to get Charlotte close to that record, but I thought it was great how Bailey came. She changed her attitude, and guess what? Success. She basically beat Charlotte Flair. I think that makes Bailey what two time. I think it's a four time or three time altogether Women's Champion. But a two-time now SmackDown's Women's Champion. So uh, Charlotte got busted open hard way in the in the face somehow. She also hit a she had a moonsault to the outside from the barricade, and then both girls uh, start going for the pin. Charlotte's desperate at this point. Uh, Bailey keeps fighting back, but Bailey again she's just being very ruthless, going for the leg, going for the arm, raking at her face. I thought that was cool. Oh, she hits the Bailey to belly, but only gets a two count. So I'm guessing the Bailey to belly is not going to be her new finish anymore, which I'm okay with because I always thought that finish looked weak anyway. Uh, Charlotte uh, backbreakers there and bashes her face to the turnbuckle, goes for the moonsault, ends up catching herself, and then turns it into a high angle fucking Boston Crab, which I like the way Charlotte does the Boston Crab because she's so tall, so it just looks extra fucking painful on these like shorter girls. Uh, Bailey's just going in, just stomping around, punching this woman. That's what I like. Like, Bailey's just being very fucking ruthless. Uh, Charlotte goes for the figure eight. Bailey switches it to a roll up. One, two, three. Bailey wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. And she celebrates. She grabs the microphone and she says, Hey, you bitches. <laughs> Screw all of you. She celebrates with the title. And I thought that was a great way to end SmackDown. I thought that was fucking fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty much sold on Bailey now. So I'm pretty fucking happy, but. Ah, oh, shit. That's it for me, though. That that was a lot to discuss. Again, AEW for me still the show this whole week. Uh, New Japan will definitely be reviewed next week. King of Pro Wrestling, and I will catch up on all the shit I've missed. I will be doing that today before Raw. Fucking uh, podcast ended up coming a little late today, but I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Take it easy, everybody. Watch more wrestling.